Hello, and you are listening to Half Hour History, the show where you might learn something, but we guarantee nothing. I'm Jacinta. I'm Luke. And this time we're talking about the the Cornish Pixie. You know, I do no research in advance on these, so please tell me that we are talking about Abby Cornish with a pixie do. Sadly not. Sadly not. But uh, you probably can put that as, you know, if you can find a picture of Abby Cornish with a pixie haircut, that can be the image. Oh, that would be the image. For the the podcast this week. Mm. Mm. And everyone will go... Who is that woman? Is Abby Corm- Cornish famous outside of Australia? Yeah. Is she? What she has was she in the movie we just watched. The one with the the the, the, the Geostorm. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'd, I'd forgotten about her involvement in that. Um. So is she. <laughs> but we are not talking about our beloved Australian act- actress, Abby Cornish. This week, uh, nor are we talking about uh, Cornish pasties. It is Cornish pixies this week. I like a Cornish pasty. Mm. Haven't had one for a long time. Mm. Uh, and Cornish pixies were things that were featured in the Harry Potter series of films. They were those blue flying little blue fellas. With yes, the big teeth. Yes. They were. Uh, we're not talking about one of those either. We're talking about a different type of Cornish pixie. We're talking about the real... This is a history show. So this yeah. is about the real historical, actual, real-life Cornish pixies. Yes. That existed. Mm-hmm. Maybe still exist. That's what I'm here to learn about. Uh-huh. Yes. And I had never, ever heard this story before until I stumbled across it on a, uh, a history blog slash Facebook page called, wait for it, The Dusty Box. Oh, mm. crikey. Yeah. There's a lot of great content in The Dusty Box, and I would recommend anyone who uh, who enjoys this episode to uh, check out The Dusty Box. I'm willing to brush it off and give it a go. Yeah, for sure. So we are hitting up the story of the Cornish Pixie for our last episode of the year, this one is, so... Uh, hopefully it's a good one. We make no promises. <laughs> I look, I love this absolutely <laughs> casual style to which you approach your own flagship podcast here. Oh, look, it's fuck like, it. If, if it's people... not even December. You're like, well, we'll do this. Then we're having a break. Yes. We're going to have our Christmas and our mince pies and everything. Yeah. And uh, hopefully it's good. And if it's not, uh, up your bum. Yes, stick exactly. It your, stick it in your dusty box. Exactly. I mean, we'll probably come back next year. But we might not. Who knows? Playing it fast and loose. Surely, keeping everybody guessing. Surely we will, because this is such a beloved show. Actually, this show does well on YouTube, which is mm. crazy. I hope people are using it for their assignments. Oh, yeah. Because... Yeah, we... I, I hope there's a lot of young WA children uh, doing their Batavia assignments. Talking about... Uh, just talking uh, about how, how the shipwreck occurred because Lucretia was bad luck. Yes, mm. yeah, writing all those nicknames we gave them. <laughs> yeah, corn dog. Yeah, talking yeah. about uh, Mary Queen of Tech and the mm-hmm. hidden Robocop gun in yes. her thigh. Yes. Yeah. And about how um, Prince... Oh, not Philip... 
No, Queen Victoria's husband allegedly had a pierced dick. Prince Albert, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> we got a comment on YouTube on the Mary Queen of Tech. I had a, got the notification. I had a look for it. I, oh, I yeah? think Ian might have deleted it. Oh, okay. Um, Ian does all our wonderful YouTube work, so mm. uh, thanks to Ian. But uh, it said um, something like, fucking stupid, so fucking stupid. Oh, well, uh, that, well that's good because if you have uploaded a YouTube video and you haven't had a comment about how it fucking sucks. Like, have you even uploaded a YouTube video? And let's be fair as well. Like, I don't know. I, I just thought, yeah, fair call. Yeah. Yeah, I'll cop to that. Mm. The uh, Batavia's got three dislikes. Oh, yeah. okay. You know, just people, I came here for information about the Batavia. Are you talking about corn dogs? I'm so passionate about the Batavia and these people are not being serious. I used that information on my paper and got a C minus. <laughs> You'll share that with me. Yeah. Anyway, Cornish Pixies. That's Cornish what I'm here for. Pixie. I want to hear about these Pixie fellows. Right. So. Our story begins off the southwest coast of England on the night of January the 5th, 1905. A total dickhead of a storm was lashing the coast <laughs> and people on the shore could see out in the ocean that there was a ship struggling in the waves. Eventually they lost sight of the ship, uh, but when they returned in the morning to the beach, there was bits of smashed up ship all over the place, and they began diligently looting the wreck like any normal person would. In amongst the flotsam and jetsam, they found a tiny man called Dick Trelawney tied to a piece of timber. Okay, hang on. All right. Dick Trelawney mm. tied to a bit of uh, flotsam and or jetsam. Mm. jetsam. You say a tiny man. Tiny man. Now, are we talking like, you know, Danny DeVito? Or are we talking, like, six inches? It's almost as if, perhaps in the next paragraph of what I'm about to read out, might give you that information. Because you know, like, um, <laughs> okay, Mike TV. Yes. You know Mike TV from Willy Wonka? I am familiar with Mike TV. You know, you'd see him as he sort of wandered into your chocolate factory. Mm -hmm. And you'd be like, oh, hey, how you going, tiny man? Mm. But then later, he, like, he becomes a real tiny man. Yep. And then you're like, oh, I've got to reassess mm -hmm. how what I, th I thought about tiny men. All right, you can continue. Cool, thanks. Uh, so the fishermen rescued him, but uh, because people associated with boats are superstitious idiots, they decided that a tiny man washing up on a beach was a bad omen and that he was a devil sent to curse them. So he was sent to live with a local old lady, uh, which is where a guy called Captain Jack Neville came across him. And then wiped it off and apologized. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I mean, it's important still, that the uh, the little Cornish pixie gave his consent for that to happen. You but... still haven't answered my question about the tininess, though. You said that was coming up. That was all one paragraph, dude. That was one section of information that you interrupted me in the middle okay. of. So, all right. We, are you ready? Are you ready for your info? Oh, look. You're, <laughs> you're spinning a yarn that I'm finding quite compelling. Yes. I'm all twisted up in this narrative. <laughs> You dropping out these uh, little gems. Uh -huh. I want to hold them up to the light and examine them. Mm -hmm. And you're, um, what, upset about my childlike curiosity that I'm enjoying this story? Yes, yeah. Uh, Captain Jack was fascinated with the wee bugger and said that he recognised the importance of this little mite from a scientific, scientific and physiological standpoint. Now, look, I'm sorry. It's just bad storytelling because if this was a movie... 
We would have seen the little man by now, wouldn't we? We will. We would have seen him. We'd already know his height, but he's gone to. They some... might have. Had, they might have put him in a sack. Like they might have put a blanket <laughs> over him, and then you wouldn't have seen him. But there's like four people have interacted with this thing, and we, mm-hmm. we don't know what the thing is. Mm, because it's a mystery. It is a mystery. So little Dick was checked over by some doctors who decided that he was anywhere up to about seventy years old, weighed about four kilos and was about 65 centimetres tall. Are you fucking happy? Okay, 65 centimetres tall. So the size of like a small toddler, maybe. Two, so like... Two rulers. Yeah. He's not even a metre though. No, he's, point, he's just over half a metre. 0.6 of a metre. Yes. He's still bigger than the Harry Potter Cornish pixies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it definitely constitutes uh, a wee A wee man. man. Mm. A, a, a tiny dick indeed. Yeah, yeah. Did you just choose this because this guy's name was Dick? No, no. Uh, I mean, it makes sense, but no. Uh, he spoke in his own native language, which was described as guttural, uh, but he was able to be taught some basic English and French. Uh, because of the location of his discovery, he was nicknamed the Cornish Pixie, which, look, would absolutely be a slur today if we decided to call somebody a pixie. Yes. Unless they were a manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. But then, does anyone consent to being called a manic pixie dream girl? Hello. <laughs> I'm Dick. And I'm your manic pixie dream, dream man. pixie. Manic pixie dream pixie. So, if you were to happen upon a rare anthropological specimen, what's the first thing you would want to do with it? Uh, cut it open uh-huh. or put it in a sideshow. Okay. So, what Captain Jack did... He took him to bloody Perth. Our bloody great brown wonderful town received the Cornish pixie. This just got personal. (laughs) It did. So uh, he said, hey, little Dick, you want to go to Perth? Little Dick gave his consent because that's very important. And he, Captain Jack, and Captain Jack's wife uh, arrived in Fremantle on the 1st of December 1908, which is nearly four years after he washed up on that Cornish shore. How have I lived here for so long and not known about this rich piece of our history? I know. I was uh, very shocked reading this story. He was set up on display in the window of a vacant shop on Hay Street in the city. So, yes, displayed as a a carnival attraction. It's probably Bowens. Maybe. You remember Bowens? I don't remember Bowens, but my nan used to work at Bowens. So she would tell me about Bowens and I'd go, I have no fucking idea what that is. Ask her about the... Cornish pixie. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, she wasn't around in 1908 or 1910 or whenever the fuck we are at the moment, so she probably wouldn't have uh, a great deal of memory. Now, he, he's alive in the window. Like, he's alive, yeah, like, yeah. He's like, a little dude in it's the like window. like an art installation. Yes. They didn't, like, stuff him. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a live little fella there. So an article published on Friday the 4th of December in the Daily News newspaper said, uh, This young gentleman is evidently going to prove a big draw in our city. It is seldom one hears such unanimous expressions of wonder and approval as the daily crowds visiting Dick Voice. <laughs> Dick Voice. I, I can't believe that Perth 
in terms of its iconography, it's fucked around with a black swan. When we had... <laughs> I know. A, a wee man. A wee man. <laughs> a wee man in a shop window. Mm. Pixie finds the ladies of Perth even more charming than his Anglo-Indian admirers. Well, obviously, he'd been there previously. Uh, and with his accustomed precipitancy in such matters, has already lost his heart to at least a few of the fair sex visiting him. His exhibition hours are 11 till 1, 4 till 6.30 and 8 till 10 p.m. Okay, look, if you are listening and you are a descendant, if you are a known descendant of this pervy little pixie, (laughs) the pervy little Perth pixie, I want to hear from you. Mm. I want to hear the story. Yeah. Uh, We may remark that Captain Neville possesses a very interesting phrenological study of Dick made by a well-known phrenologist in which Dick's characteristics and capabilities are scientifically demonstrated. So someone's looked at his head, looked at, you know... His, the bumps. His, yeah, looked at the bumps. His, and his, uh, his nodes and lobes. Yeah, yeah, and sort of made some uh, some assumptions about him. And a few other articles were a bit more descriptive about Little Dick himself, which I know you are very interested in finding out about. So, said one, Dick Trelawney is the name of the smallest, quaintest, and most weird little scrap of humanity this writer has ever looked upon. Seated in a doll-like armchair, which was prettily padded, and placed upon an ordinary-sized table, he made a most pathetic figure in his long grey coat and trousers, oriental vest, and baby shoes. So they've dressed him up like a little dolly, stuck him in the window... And people are coming and paying like I don't know a couple of a couple of shillings or something to come and see the wee man. To come and see a shop window. Yeah, well, no, they have to go like into the shop. I it, guess I don't know. The they're, they're charging money for him, so yeah. oh, you can't just stroll past the window. Uh, another reported: Dick eats and drinks well, and thoroughly enjoys his tobacco in the form of a cigarette or his own tiny pipe. Oh, give us a dory. <laughs> he looks fairly young when in his customary good humor but seems a veritable antiquity when he frowns or when he is annoyed he is said to resemble no race now known to exist professor p dakeson of boone university in a lecture in berlin claimed this pixie as a survivor of a race of dwarf men who lived in the north of europe some thousands of years ago while other authorities with apparent better reason believe him to come from a race thought to be extinct that once lived in central mexico How interesting! And look, if we know one thing about people from Perth is that they go fucking mad for something new. Like, if they're going to line up for donuts or Aldi, you best believe they're going to lose their fucking minds over a tiny man sitting on a chair in a window. Or brunch. (laughs) Or brunch. People in Perth just fucking love brunch. Uh, okay. okay. Look, now I've got a question. Uh huh. Now I, I know you don't usually answer these, but okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try anyway. All right. I, I'm curious about the nature of this wreck and the nature of why we have this one wee survivor. Hmm. And he can talk. So he can talk. So yes. you think he would be able to shed some light mm. on his origins? Like everyone's mm-hmm. speculating his origins. Yeah. But. He should be able to say how we got on the ship and what happened to the rest of the crew and, mm. and why he was there, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Unless, is this just a case where he, he'd start to explain and people would go, oh, look at him, he's so wee. Mm. He's so little. <laughs> look at that little guy, he's talking. And yeah, he just yeah. never took it in. 
Quite possibly, yeah, because, you know, he'd sit there in his little slippers and he'd have a little cane and he'd wave at people and all sorts of shit. It so, thinks it's people. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think that is completely out of uh, unlikely. So so we don't know anything. Uh, later on, are we going to learn more about the shipwreck? Uh, there was not any information that I could find. Yeah. Regarding the shipwreck. Shifty little mm. um, so his viewing started off with two sessions a day, but he had to increase to three because of the demand. And all the newspaper articles were glowing, all the reporters that had come to see him and meet him and everything. Sits like a champ. Yeah, a little dick was killing it. Where's those baby shoes like a pro? (laughs) Baby shoes never worn except for little dick. Uh, And Captain Jack was just rolling in shillings. He was having a great time. So he was exhibited in Perth from the 3rd of December to the 23rd of December 1908, um, after which he went to Fremantle for a few days. And then went on to Kalgoorlie, because that seemed like a really good place to take someone who may well be the last of their race. Uh, and then, if Kalgoorlie wasn't thrilling enough, he then went to Albany. Oh, they got a rock shaped like a dog. <laughs> yes. So that was uh, uh, two great things uh, coming together at once. Yes. I wonder if Kalgoorlie at that time, I'm, I'm not sure when the, the statue of the dog on the tucker box was erected, but maybe he's just doing a, a dog-shaped tour of Western Australia. Could, yeah, could be. Mm. Uh, so the next stop was Adelaide. So clearly Captain Jack was really committed to showing Little Dick the very best of our wide brown land. Uh, he was exhibited there in late January 1909 and the articles about him just continued to be glowing about how great he was and how popular he'd been in Perth uh, and how he'd met all of these like famous people in the past, which included the Prince of Wales, the Kaiser, uh, the Sultan of Turkey, the Khedive of Egypt and the Maharaja of Mysore. Which I'd never heard of Mysore, which is spelled M-Y-S-O-R-E, so I had to Google it. It's an actual place in India. There you go. I Sorry, if people heard, speaking of Googling, if they heard me typing just before, yeah. uh, it was because I, I just had to try and find a picture of this guy. Mm. It, it, is there one? Uh, I, I, I do reference that at some point. Uh, so, again, Little Dick just continued to be a massive hit with the ladies, and one newspaper commented that he was said to be decidedly matrimonially inclined. Oh. He wanted to wed down. He wanted a bride. He sure did. Uh, so after that, they made their way to Melbourne, where Little Dick was finally able to get a decent coffee, some replacement vape cartridges, <laughs> and to get the sides of his head shaved. So he was a happy little fella. Um At this point, it was where a few differences started showing up in articles written about him. Like where in Adelaide, he was said to be matrimonially inclined. In Melbourne, he was said to be a firm believer in platonic friendships with the opposite sex. So maybe just the women in Melbourne were bush pigs and he just wanted to let them down gently. He just didn't want to hurt their feelings. I think Adelaide is the city of churches mm. that gets you thinking about... About marriage, marriage yeah. yeah. Whereas Melbourne, as you said, a bit more of a hipster haven. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot more sort of free thinking. Uh, mm. Do we have to get married? Do we have to... Yeah, maybe we could just be friends. Yeah. Like who, who needs the shackles of, uh, of religious ties? In Melbourne, there are laundromats where you can get a tan while you while you wait. Wow. Fake tan. Yeah. Great. Magic. 
Uh, and he'd mostly spoken his own language in Perth and Adelaide with a few words of English and French uh, here and there, but in Melbourne... Oh, I forgot. That's why he couldn't tell about the shipwreck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He can, I mean, he, he, he can speak some English and a little bit of French as well, but, you know, not super well. But uh, the reports in Melbourne here said that he was said to be speaking English, French and other languages fluently. Right. Yeah. But then when he moved on to Sydney, it was said that he could speak French fluently, but that he could only understand English and German. So people were starting to get a little bit sus about this whole thing, but it really wasn't hurting his attendance numbers at all, because if anything, people were more curious to see this weird little fella. It's going to turn out that he's a spider monkey with a little microphone attached. People know what monkeys look like, though. Yeah, but if you put it in, a, like, a little beard and some clothes on, it'd be confusing. He's talking, though. Yeah, but that's the little speaker thing mm. that's attached to him. It's mm. like a... It's a grift. Mm. Mm. A lady called Fanella, writing a column called uh, Sydney Week by Week from a woman's, po- a woman's point of view. A.K.A. Fanny's column. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When's the best time to go line up at Aldi? Uh, in the Clarence and Richmond Examiner, went along to see Little Dick, went, what the fuck is that? And wrote an article that was completely at odds with everything else that had been printed in the papers up to that point. So little dick went, what the fuck is that? And killed him with a shovel. She took her hat pin out and stabbed him in the eye. Uh, the Cornish Pixie, the poor Pixie drawing a crowd every evening to his parlour in George Street. The little man, the smallest on earth. Walk in, walk in, admission only sixpence to see the most marvellous human being in the world, found on the coast of Cornwall after a wreck. Seated in a child's cane chair, dressed in a silk dressing jacket and warm slippers, the pixie receives his guests. Such a pathetic little fellow, such a tiny head, only six inches from chin to forehead. His hands gnarled and twisted, the joints tortured and turned, fingers long and bony, a hand one cannot forget. Talk to the lady, tell her you want to shake hands. Poor little pixie, so helpless, so small and so weak. The most pathetic of sights, the saddest of little mortals. The Cornish pixie, a disillusionment, an object lesson, a subject for scientists and professors, a spectacle for the public. No! Exclamation mark. Two stars. (laughs) Yeah. In late July 1909, after Little Dick had been on the road for eight months and like a bunch of people had seen him, a newspaper came out and said, um... Guys, I hate to break it to you, but we're pretty sure that Little Dick is actually just a shaved monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking picked it! So they said that Little Dick had been taught a few tricks and that his voice was provided by a ventriloquist. That's what I fucking said! (laughs) They also said in the article that Little Dick had died, but when in fact he was alive and well touring in North Queensland. So while it was reasonable to be suspicious of all of their claims, people just went nuts over the idea that Little Dick was a little chimp and the story spread like wildfire. I I can't believe that... I guess that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems obvious now, doesn't it? After all of that, you're like, you go, well, it's a monkey. And you go, well, of course it was a fucking monkey. 
Yeah. But up to that point, it was it was a hard nut to crack. I had the exact same reaction reading this story for the first time. Yeah. I was like, what the? Oh, of course it was a monkey. It was a grift. Yeah, it was, absolutely it was a grift. Because if, like, why the fuck would you come to Perth? Yeah. You know? Like, if you're in Cornwall, like, Europe is right there, dude. Yeah. You know? Go there. So, Captain Jack obviously set out very quickly to squash these claims. But honestly, the controversy made Little Dick even more popular because people were just as keen to see a monkey in clothes as they were to see a little tiny man in clothes. So, no matter what the truth actually was, it was a win-win for the public either way. I guess that's why they kept him in the window. Mm. Because he would have smelt. Well, Terrible. Like, there were newspaper reports that people were allowed to come in and, like, pick him up and, like, shake his hand. And, like, they were, like, touching him and doing stuff with him. But no one had realised up to this point. Like, zoos existed then. Like, people had seen monkeys. He was, like, throwing shit at them. And <laughs> yeah. He was jerking off. Yeah, absolutely. The rumours of his death still persisted, though, um, even though he was very much alive and people were seeing him. He was supposed to have died somewhere in New South Wales, and when the local magistrate demanded to view the body, he confirmed that it was definitely a monkey whose face and paws had been shaved and enamelled. Now, I looked up... Uh, what, enamelled? Yeah, I looked up, like, the context of what that could have possibly been, and I just could not find anything, so I don't know whether they mean that it had had makeup put on it, or it had just had like its nails painted or something like that. But I could not find context for what they meant by that. Crazy. Yeah. So he continued touring around Australia for the rest of the year, um, though not staying in any one place for very long. Uh, And then he went to New Zealand in January 1910. And the Kiwis weren't as easily fooled as their stupid Australian cousins. And they were like, bro, what the fuck is this? A guy wrote into the Dominion newspaper and said, Although supposed to speak more than one language, I never heard the pixie do so. He did not even stand on his legs, much less walk. One of the audience wanted to see his leg, but the showman refused the request on the ground that he only undertook to exhibit the portions of him which could then be seen. So his head, his face, and his hands. Now, why should there be any objection to satisfy the public that this strange being is wholly human? Fair point, mate. He came back to Australia for a bit to fleece some more money off the general public, keeping in mind that at this point, Captain Jack is still denying that Little Dick is actually a monkey (laughs) and is still threatening to sue the newspapers for defamation. And he put a story in the papers himself that the dead monkey that was identified by the magistrate was actually owned by a rival who had been touring a monkey around trying to pretend it was a little person. Uh, Then in August 1910, Captain Jack and Little Dick set off for South Africa and Australia was not to hear from them again. So there was no news about Captain Jack and Little Dick for months and months and months until March 1911 when a brief announcement was printed in New Zealand's Evening Post. The Cornish pixie died in Calcutta on the 8th of February. He contracted a severe cold and died of acute nephritis. So the Cornish pixie story was over. No more tours, no more glowing newspaper articles, nada. It was done. I'm so speechless about this turn. It's crazy. (laughs) Like, I just want to read up on this now. Yeah. Uh, Many years later, a guy called R.R. Thorne claimed to have known Captain Jack and knew all about his little dick ruse, giving this gnarly account of what had gone on. 
a human monster had subjected the little monkey to fearful tortures over a long period. Almost all its teeth had been extracted. Its face and head had been mutilated, carved, stitched, and distorted. The skin had been turned inside out. After healing, it had lost the semblance of its natural self, and then with the aids of acids, dyes, and paint, the poor thing had been made to look like a puny, flabby, and helpless little boy man. Its little squeak and its pathetic waving of a small cane should have torn the hearts of spectators, but instead raised roars of laughter. <laughs> and while we will probably never know the full true story, there are no photos of Little Dick. And given that cameras definitely existed in 1910, and he definitely seems like something you'd want to take a photo of, it more or less confirms that he was pretty much definitely a monkey. But then did Captain Jack have a few monkeys on the go? Was the one that died in New South Wales actually one of him, one of his? And was there ever a dead monkey at all? Who the fuck knows? A mystery wrapped in an enigma is the story of the Cornish Pixie. Holy shit. So I, I guess like if you had, I mean, it's, I don't want to laugh about this awful thing that mm. has happened to this because that's a bit dark at the end. It, it is a bit dark. Yeah. Like this idea of um, cutting up and stitching and doing mm. cosmetic surgery on a monkey to make it look more human. Mm. I imagine if you had um, done something like that, you wouldn't want people to take photos of it or for it to be, mm. um, because I guess that's the thing you're dealing with this bunch of like bumfuck yokels in early 1900s Perth mm. that don't know what a fucking monkey looks like apparently <laughs> uh, and you don't want this like picture to be published and mm. then people go well look at that it's clearly a monkey that just mm. been st- had its face stitched up yeah uh, so I guess you just created very controlled meet and great mm. scenarios which I guess is probably not out of the ordinary in the sense that um, you know th- there'd be plenty of traveling freak show kind of things the whole thing is protecting the the, the fact that they don't want it photographed or mm. you, you, know, you have to pay to see it yeah and i think it really illustrates the sort of how like fake news can spread because all these people they saw this fucking monkey but because everybody else around it was saying well this is a little man and look he's speaking french and he's waving a cane they all went even though they saw it with their own eyes, they would go and tell their friends, oh, I saw the little man. And then their friends would go and go, oh, the little man, he was great. My friends saw it. And this this news is spreading. And there was rumours that uh, some of the newspaper articles prior to um, Lady Fanny and her woman column that that Captain Jack had either provided text to the newspaper himself or had befriended a lot of the reporters to get them to write nicer things and so he's influencing the media to you know fuel this fire of people's curiosity about the about little dick trelawney the emperor has no clothes Mm. interesting so i can't even put a picture of a shaved monkey because it will spoil the surprise i'm gonna have to find abby cornish with a pixie pixie cut yeah. I mean, there's hardly any pictures relating to it anyway. Like, there's a, a like a, an illustration. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, with a, them holding, like, a little man in his hand. And but, lots uh, of um, clippings from newspapers. Mm. Yeah. Fuck, crazy. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. What a nice way to end the year. This was one. This was a story I actually found, uh, I think, before we'd even 
started this series properly Mm. i think maybe we'd done the first one and gone hey maybe this could be a thing and then i found this story and i went oh fuck i need to save this one this is this is a doozy so yeah this is like a crazy bit of west australian history that i cannot believe i was unaware of previously and maybe we'll find out that the, the monkey's related to ian well, maybe. Everybody else has been fucking related to Ian. Afraid <laughs> to the show, Ian. <laughs> uh, um, and massive credit to, uh, obviously, the Dusty Box blog because uh, the author had obviously written this great article with all this info in it and then posted a big list of all their sources, which I could then just go through and uh, construct my own version of the story. I didn't have to dig around too much. So that was absolutely fantastic and convincing. So thank you to um, the author and provider of The Dusty Box. May you always stay dusty. Yeah. All right. Well, um, are we back next year? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I I think so. I'm currently uh, putting together a few ideas of things that we might do. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. I think the plan for next year will probably be like 10 episode stints and then a break and then another 10 episodes because i think with this one it does require a little bit of time to go into it and you know what i don't want to i don't want to burn out on it and start to resent having to do the work you know i want to i want to enjoy it have it be fresh and uh to not be overloaded i don't want to run out of shit to talk about also we're hoping to have a guest Oh, yes, 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 yes. We'll have a... Uh, of course, we will come back next year because yeah. we have a guest who would like to come on the show. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, we definitely will do that. So, um, yeah, but thank you to everybody who has... It's uh, a great guest. It is a great guest, yes. Uh, thank you to everybody who has listened uh, for these last... Has it been four, 14 episodes? 14 plus uh, the little... Our little little uh, mistake episode. episode. <laughs> Which was actually a pretty fun episode. So, uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the entombed minor episode then do head over to patreon and check that one out it is free to listen to for everybody um yeah thank you to everybody who has listened who has uh, rated and reviewed we have had a couple of reviews and they are fantastic you can check out all the other shows and the back episodes of Half Hour History at fruitlesspursuits.com. You can come and join us on Facebook and our Facebook group to talk about this show, talk about all the other shows. We've got FPcast, we've got Dungeons and Drongos, uh, Book is Better, which is a little bit dead at the moment. On hiatus. On hiatus, yes. As yes. is ScarJo a go-go. I might get back to that over the Christmas holidays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, that is pretty pretty well it i mean if you can still keep on rating and reviewing over the christmas break that would be absolutely fantastic that would be the ultimate christmas present guys that's what we want for christmas absolutely and uh we will see you next year yes yeah i'll see you many times before in the other shows oh well yeah as will you as will you, as will i in uh, fp cast but in terms of half hour history we are done skis yep we are out of here we're history uh, badonkadonk <laughs>